That piece of music, appropriately entitled The Barren Rocks, we heard played in Cleggan in North Connemara by Patrick O'Toole. Patrick is the postman in Cladaduff. His wife, who died about a year or two ago, was from Innis Shark. And many of the people whose letters he delivers were evacuated from that island to the mainland in the autumn of 1960. We visited Innis Shark ourselves about that time when people still lived on it. We visited the islanders again just as they settled down in their new homes around Fountain Hill after evacuation. And we recently paid them a return visit to see how they fared now in Connemara in comparison with their days of isolation eight or nine miles out in the Atlantic. People will ask why any shark was deserted at all. There were many reasons, but one of the most important was the toll taken by the sea of its people. This was brought home to us when we visited the island nearly eight years ago. We stayed in the house of Tom Lacey, the oldest man on the island, and he had lost two sons in the channel between Inishark and Inishboffin. Easter Sunday morning. The rest of my boys was over in, over in England. That one was there for myself and the Roman, and those two boys, two fine men indeed. No harm me to say it. All right. They got up in the morning, Easter Sunday morning. I wasn't up, and they had a joke about the sun, about the sun being dancing for them in the morning, as we used to use to all the time. They had a good breakfast. They went down to the shore and got another man and got a canoe and crashed over, and it was choppy to go to the harbour of the mouth. They get wet. So this... Strand over here was enticing. It was very, very calm the north side. Very, very calm. Sea was very calm. They landed there, left up their canoe. They ran it. And I'm told they overtook mass. They went into that unfortunate place over there. I believe they stayed too long in it. The tide got too high. And when they come back, they were determined to come home by all means. They had nobody here but their disabled father and their old mother and their department pull at the time to look after this young man. Hmm. All right. Then three men come back and they took their canoe. They lift her down. We must admit they had a few things on them. Not too much, I was told. But they were determined to come home by all means. They lift her down. And they didn't know anything about the place. The sea come. Perhaps they mightn't be bored at all. The Sheikh command the Korachan and themselves know more about them. And yet, in spite of all those memories, Tom Lacey felt a good deal of nostalgia in leaving in his shark. As I told you, as I told you now, there was no man on this island. Build their home with their own hands, but myself. You built this well, house. I told you no, and you I rushed. It came away. I built it and I furnished it with my own hands. And reared seven of my family in it. And no. lost some of them. And lost two of them. Mm-hmm. I have two boys in home here. Mm-hmm. And I have a girl in England and two boys more there. They're all married now. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, you'll be sorry leaving it just the same. As I'm telling you now. But still, I won't be sorry in a way. My day's coming. And as I said before, I'll get the rights of the church, please God. And that'll be a great thing. Getting the rights of the church, being able to attend Mass on a Sunday without having to brave the hazards of the sea, getting a doctor or a nurse when ill, 
Those were perhaps the main considerations with the people of Inishark when they finally made up their minds to leave the island. Those and memories of black tea, when cows ran dry and no milk or indeed other provisions could be brought in from outside. Memories in particular of disasters like the one in 1927 in which many islanders were drowned. And all loyal people throughout the nation combined with me and Lindenir. This doubtful tragedy I'm now revealing that has caused many's a silent tear. That sad disaster, nothing came faster. Being in October, we long-minded it. Those brave fishermen, they went out fishing on a Friday night, being the 28th. They left their homes late in the evening, about five o'clock, as I now relate. It's little thinking when the stars were blinking that they would meet with a drowning fate. When a wild hurricane bore down upon them and flared large vessels with their shrinking crowds, it was an tornado or cyclone nature In the final analysis, it may not have been the various drowning tragedies, the lack of amenities, the isolation that killed any shark, but the sheer lack of people, of young people in particular. The islanders, towards the end, had lost the comfort of numbers, the sense of community, the satisfaction that comes from the tackling of problems and overcoming them together. The number of school-going children had dropped to about five, and there were only four women left. Indeed, there were hardly enough menfolk to launch a boat, to man it and bring it back up on the beach. Evacuation was the only solution to the problems of shark. The Irish Land Commission arranged for the settlement of the last five families in new houses which they built specially for them, just opposite Omi Island of the famous races. Operation Mainland was carried out successfully in October 1960. Twenty-three people and their possessions were transported in boats to Cleggan Pier. But when the last boat had docked at Cleggan, one man was missing. And who should it be but the king of the island, Tom Lacey, with whom we'd stayed ourselves on our first visit to Shark. Tom, in a gesture of defiance, or perhaps of sentiment, had remained in his old home, refused to leave with the rest, and spent a whole night on the now deserted island. His only company, the seabirds, and the few cattle and sheep which had not yet been transported. Needless to say, this became for newspapers and radio one of the big stories of the evacuation, and it was also immortalised in ballad by another island man, Mike Walsh from Inish Turk, who is now a neighbour of Tom Lacey's at Fountain Hill. We turned our face without disgrace to face the open sea. We steered our barks straight off for shark and close by Carigui. The day passed on, the night came on, and it was growing dark. 
We sailed our boat right into port on lovely in the shell. When we landed on the quay to delight your heart to see, the people all to welcome us, they came by two and three. That night we spent in merriment, which rang from shore to shore. And Michael Clunan and Sonny, they made the rafters roar. The heroes of the dancing was Michael and Brave Dan. They danced for jigs and hornpipes until we heard the lark. So we won't forget those friends we met on lovely in the shark. Those gallant men are brave and strong, there's none cause them subdue. With sail or oar from shore to shore, their match could not be found. From Dublin Bay, all round by sea, to Leo's holy ground. That day we spent in merriment, it was growing dark. We gave three cheers for Ireland and lovely Inishark. T'was there we met Tom Lacey, that chieftain bold and true who fought against victorious troops and the tans he did subdue. He led his men both fierce and grim and conquered many a foe until he came to Tara's hill which proved his overthrow. T'was there he was surrounded by the land commission men Surrender now, my boys, they said, or we will shoot to kill. And have you all transported to the rocks of Fountain Hill? Tis long we will remember that cold October day. They left him there in deep despair without either turf or hay. God bless brave Thomas Lacey, he was a hero evermore. And now he's like Napoleon on St. Helena shore. Now to conclude and finish, I hope I've said no wrong. And the first time I will visit you, I'll sing for you this song. So, Tom, my dear, be of good cheer and rise up with the lark. And bless the day you sailed away from lovely in the shark. <laughs> and does Tom Lacey, in fact, bless the day he sailed away from lovely in shark? Well, no one is better able to tell us that than Tom himself. He's now over 81 years of age and confined to bed in his home at Fountain Hill. But he welcomed us just as he had done seven or eight years ago, and he put his views as forcefully as ever. Well, good farming on the island. 
very good farms. Was able to hold plenty cattle there. I mean, it was transferred into a very poor place. Now, it's right, I think. I'll tell the truth. Miserable place, indeed. Couldn't keep there only by the cover a cap. And That's you all. Plenty of cattle in the other place. Plenty of cattle on the other place. All I wanted to. Plenty of good land. So here the land is poor and bad and miserable. And a man, a shark, man that migrated from any shark out to here, to live here, he cannot live. He cannot live on the land anyway. Mm. A lot good. of them seem to have gone away. The young people seem to have emigrated. Young people is emigrated mostly all together and on the same they go is gone. So that, as we say, they have to stay. And a poor, miserable living they'll have here unless they go fishing. And the fishing has turned out bad now, too, at the present time. Very bad, indeed. The weather is a cause of it all together, I believe. We see the weather. So anyway, we are going on fairly well here. In the first place, anyway, we, had, we have an opportunity that we hadn't in any shark. We'll say, I'd have to say that much. We can get a medical aid if we wanted it. We can get a clergyman if we wanted him. And we can get the, our male regular. Well, that's one opportunity now, anyway. We have got, and that in itself is a great thing. What, what do you miss most, Tom? I miss most, oh, I miss most. I miss the land. I miss the land and the way of living we had. It was a good way of living. You were all together there and all close to all one another. All together there, all together there. Living happy, very, very happy. Way happier than the mainland. Well, aren't there still a lot of you all together here in Fountain Hill? Hmm? There are still a good few of there you is, together here. There is three or four of us here living here in Fountain Hill. Living on, the, on, the, uh, living on one farm, the farm the other man gave up, we are living on it. There's four parts of five made of that farm. Mm. What do you expect? Any man give it up? I went away to meet for a better living. Couldn't well, live at all on it. Is it possible to get more land at all around here? No, it isn't. I'm told there isn't. I've tried hard. I've tried hard to the land commission and to all. We got a promise that we that would get more, but there's no chance. Mm. We have no chance. Yeah. Get no chance. Yeah. Well, the land and the the life around you, those are the two things you miss most the compared land, with shark. The land and the life. To compare any shark would know where I am at the present time. To compare the two. Do you know what? It was a happy land. Mm. It was a happy land to live in. And it was a happy land to rear a family in. That's not what it's well, about in a shark. Uh, You've got schools here all the same, and mm. you've got schools here nearer and all that sort of thing, haven't you? Well, we had a school nearer there. That's right, up to the, the end, school, anyhow, yeah. The school within the, within, yeah. The, within the, what do you call? Yeah. And the only one thing that I regret, I didn't myself, the right of me to say it, I, I don't care. We had a grand chapel there, grand church. And me, there's mostly all the work on that little chapel there. And there wasn't a week left there when it was, when it wa- was the roof was taken out. Around Cleggan now, a new generation is growing up who know only life on the mainland. 
but there is a generation in between which has had experience of both island and mainland life. It is represented by Festy, Tom Lacey's son, who was born and reared in Shark, and who finds that the bit of land he has in Connemara could be worked in a few hours a day. However, he's not idle the rest of the time. You do a good deal of fishing. I'll Festy. fish it. I wouldn't be here on I'm fishing. Because mm. I, I don't see no other way means unless I go fishing, unless to be out foreign country I'll have to go. Yeah. Definitely. And the fishing can be good and it can the be bad. Fishing can be good if you've got a good season. Definitely. Yeah. You never Plus lobster. Lobster or any kind of fishing you go at, definitely. All, I have all classes of year myself fishing. All classes of year. I got a boat on the east coast of water, a grand fishing boat. When I came here I had no other means to lift land. She was as good as the farm and land, definitely to me. You understand mm. me? As good as the farm and land to me. When they had no and Seems as though that the worst things is now that men is not anxious of fishing. They have a, some way of living besides it, but I hadn't. Well, uh, I invested my money that way anyway. Did many of the other shark people do the same? I did not want them. No, I hadn't the courage doing it. No, yes. I, I, I want to give it to them now. <laughs> fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. Yes. They all have the same opportunities as me. Yeah. Well. Huh? You call into shark fairly yeah, often too. Yeah, I, I call into shark every What's day. Like I now? fish all around there every year. What's it like? They're the same nature, the same as I was born and raised there. But it's just not the same. There's nobody living there. There's no one that could make a cup of tea for you. Know you call in there. You understand? Well, do you light a fire yourself? I then? light my own fire and roast my own nice solid fish. I kill. And roast them there and have a walk around the old home that's still there. And it does enjoy, you good. I life, enjoy that. I enjoy that. You feel I, I wouldn't fish no other place but there. And, and I got that special boat or fishing around there. Well, Definitely. Do you go out very far in I, it? I go three miles off the shark cod back. Mm. Yeah. Are there many foreigners fishing there too, Festy? Do any no. foreign trawlers they come do. in? They do. Foreign cars come in there. When we're living on that island, foreign trawlers come in there by night. By 12 o'clock in the night, you can see them foreign trawlers coming in there for old fishing. We used to do line fishing, long line fishing in that times. I done more in the last war myself, and I've still a mile of spillets. They had hung up, and I couldn't get no man to fish them with me. But the weather is not suitable anyway. I know. Yeah, but I got but the right boat for doing it. Why that. do more people not go for the fishing? Well, there's a lot of them out for it now, you know, but they better might have better lands and better farms and a better way of working. They don't no. need it. Yeah. Understand me, they don't yeah. might need the fishing. Yeah. You see, we have to live on that. If, if you make enough money on the farm, well, you don't no, bother uh, no, with no, fishing. You said it. That's right, correct. Mm. If, you make, if you have land to support you and keep head all water, you are solid, but when you had to go out on the deep to keep the head all water on your sound. One of the any shark men who has given up the fishing is Michael Murray, now living at Gralach. Like the rest, he had little good to say about the land he had there. Well, like the place, you know, and the fairway are, and the neighbours and all around, you see, but the only thing is that we've got no place for to make a living, and we haven't enough of land. Yeah. The Land Commission promised that they'd, they'd try and they'd give us something after coming out here. They'd, I think they'd be going to try and get it for us, and it seems they're coming down from the Midlands now and buying all around us, and even back from other countries. Well, you would buy land if you could get it. Right, but when it is gone, we don't know whether it is or not. Mm. Well, it is gone. There's no good land around here, anyhow, is there? There's if you did get land, would it be reasonably good land? There's places there is. Is that so? That's right. Yeah. Well, a lot of the young people are going from well, here. Well, they're all gone. All my family has gone over to the youngest. 
How many is that now? There's six gone. Six altogether? Six, six gone altogether. Boys and girls? Boys and girls. There's yeah. Five of them went over in England. They have to go. They had no nothing done around there and they had to migrate. And the oldest daughter then is over in England, or in America, rather. Yes. Well, you work on the land all the time, do you? Do you do any fishing? I don't do much. I, I was fishing, but now lately I don't fish. Yeah. The fishing ground is too far away from, as you see, they want bigger boats now for. Have you a boat yourself? No, sir. I have a canoe. Karak? Yes, Karak. Yeah. Well, you can't go out very far in it anyhow. No, that's right. Mm. You can't go far. The only boats that you do on a good now is these lofter boats that they're getting from the, uh, the association. Bordeaux-Gwara. Mm-hmm. In conversation with other Inish shark men and their neighbours in Oliver Kynes pub, for example, we found that there was no general regret at leaving the island. But equally, there was no enthusiasm for the new life around Cleggan. Well, why is it uh, they won't settle down here? What have they, they, they haven't have enough land, is that they, it? They're not they, interested in the land. They, definitely they have not enough land. Would you <laughs> say so, Johnny? Yes, that, or not. And, and no, land, no matter how much land they have in Connemara, that's to be straight about it, they wouldn't make a living on it anyway. The land isn't good enough? Not at all. They only got the rocks and stones of Connemara. The sharkman didn't get a fair deal at all. <laughs> Yes, to be right about it. Would you agree with that, Sonny? Well, wouldn't I? <laughs> well, there's no doubt about the strength of the feeling expressed there that the people from Inish Shark could have had more done for them on the mainland. The road into some of their houses in Fountain Hill must be among the worst in the country. And their only hope seems to be that something which has not been done for them may be done for the tourists. It would perhaps be a bit Machiavellian to suggest that this is a deliberate policy to encourage other islanders to remain where they are. The fact is that one hears quite often now the suggestion that other Irish islands may be evacuated. Inish Turk, also off Connemara, has been mentioned, and so has Gola, off Donegal. If this has to be done, most of us would regret it, for there is some magic in the isolation and quiet of an island that appeals to the hermit and the individualist in all of us. In Cleggan, we spoke to the poet Richard Murphy, a man who has lived on quite a few islands, and we asked him, was an island life a good one? I think it's a very good one. We all live in the island of Ireland. Uh, it's fine so long as the island is big enough and broad enough and, and open to foreign influences. I think foreign influences are very healthy for islands. Inishbofin uh, is a beautiful size and it has, it has a very good harbour for a fishing fleet, if there were one it would be a good harbour for it. And it's uh, got excellent land as well, much better land than the land we have on the mainland here. But I didn't... I thought, um, really, that Ireland was was my size of island, and so when I built my house uh, a couple of years ago, I didn't build it in Inishbofin. Inishbofin is a little bit too small for me. It's a perfect place for holiday. Yes. And Inish Shark is obviously too small for anybody, so they rightly moved off. They were, it was thickly populated in the old days simply because of of, um, of the oppressive circumstances on the mainland. Well, why did it eventually go down? What was the final deciding factor? It was only uh, 500 acres of land, which up the country of that quality land, they think was was a farm for for, uh, just two or three families, and and, uh, the young people didn't want to stay there. They had no proper harbour, and it wasn't a modern way of life. 
there had been a great fishery there in the in the past in the days of line fishing but line fishing is not not popular nowadays what about the other islands you have around here then i'm very fond of omi island and uh, for me it has the great attraction of being small but also accessible you can at um, low tide in fact drive to it across uh, a beautiful broad beach so that it would probably be one of the very last to be evacuated would it Oh, I should think there'd always be people there. If every, if, if everybody else <laughs> left, <laughs> then you'd find others moved in. I know. It, it has um, there's um, Saint um, Fehin's Church. There's a gable of uh, I think it's Saint Fehin's Church. There's a gable in the sand still, and uh, holy well, and the makings of a, a very natural golf course, which the, the wind has scooped out. It these has bunkers. tourist potentialities. Then has it. Well, I'm afraid so. But <laughs> <laughs> well, what about Inish Turk? I gather it might be next on the list for evacuation. Uh, Inish Turk is is rather rather farther north. We it, it's about twelve miles by sea from from here, and we rather seldom get to it. But it has good um, uh, grazing land, I think, and the people are very fond of it who live there. And I don't think they're anxious to go. Mm. Uh, do you think that the island people, including the people from Inish Turk, don't specialise enough, don't concentrate enough, say, on fishing, for one thing, or farming? Or, you know, they don't go in for any one thing in particular, do they? I think they could make a much better living out of the sea around here, and we are hoping to develop the port of Cleggan for to turn it into a, into a much bigger fishery port, in the, the, um, and particularly for the herring fishing which is improving on the coast now and as well as the white fishing and we, we have plans we hope to extend the, the key in Cleggan for this and this will benefit the islands too Yes, well emigration is still a big problem around here can anything be done about that? Well I think it's, it's an, an, an no harm for people to go abroad and, and get experience and, and come home and bring their new uh, knowledge with them that's what what um, I did, and I think what a lot of people people do. I well, think we should encourage um, in people who go to America, for instance, to retire here. They get much better value for their their um, pensions, and it's a much much pleasanter place to retire too. But when the young people leave a place like that, is the social life not impoverished in the place itself? Oh, in, certainly. In I here, agree. Ideally, we'd, I, ideally, we'd like to keep all the talent we possibly could in the, in the um, place. But, but it is a very, diff a very difficult thing because there aren't the, aren't the um, outlets here. But I think we could do more than we're doing, and we are doing more every year. It's improving. Richard Murphy, poet. And as the standard of living improves for the people of the West generally so will it improve for the people of the islands. Evacuation to an economically poor or congested area of the mainland would not seem to be an ideal solution of their problems. However, as far as the people of Inishark are concerned, it must be said that they have integrated well with their Connemara neighbours, and indeed that they have enriched, to some extent, the area to which they came. They brought their own island culture with them to the mainland, their own songs in Irish and English, their love of music and dancing. True, the old language and the old songs will die with the older generation, but music like that played by Patrick O'Toole will, we hope, continue to be heard in Cleggan and Connemara by people who never set foot on any shark. <laughs>